So, hi, I'm Mike. I'm with Kiss Dog Training. It stands for Keep It Simple Stupid Dog Training. And I'm Emery Kittle with Nature Select Pet Food of Kansas City. You are now watching a podcast, which is the 12 Minute Dog Podcast. That stands for the discussions of guidance, and we're going to keep it to 12 minutes. We're going to sometimes just be us and sometimes have really informative guests. So, if you're interested and you're from Kansas City, because that's our kind of home base, uh, let us know if you want to be a guest and you've got a topic you want to talk about. The only requirement is that we're talking about dogs or pets. That's it. Welcome to the show. All right. So, today our topic is, why should you hand feed your pet? The easiest answer is, why try to teach a dog a skill if you don't have the dog paying attention? It's kind of pointless to try to teach skills unless your dog's paying attention. And over the years, I have figured out the easiest way to make a dog pay attention is to do what's called resource control. Okay, And all I mean by resource control is if I control the things that are the most important in that dog's life, that dog looks at me as a leader and I can kind of bypass some of this alpha dominant stuff that you've maybe seen on TV or read in a book. You know, we shouldn't have to be mean to dogs to get them to follow directions, but before we can really teach them directions, we have to have their attention. And that is why we head right into the hand feeding. I'll ask people you know, at least 30 days of getting rid of the food bowl and hand feeding the dog. Um, but, you know, to use a funny little ha-ha, why does your boss pay you a paycheck? Because if you don't do the job, he can take that paycheck away from you. That's right. That's resource control. Mm-hmm. Uh, as parents, why do we pay for our kids' cell phones? Because if they piss us off, we can take the cell phone away. Um, everything in life is about resource control. Um, and I think if people will focus on getting the dog to pay attention to you during the hand feeding, uh, dog training becomes a lot more fun for both you and the dog. Mm-hmm. That's great. And uh, Mike, uh, some of you guys may not realize we have a dog named Duke. He's a year and a half old uh, rescue that we got. We got him as a puppy. We thought we could shape him any way we wanted and we can, but we haven't done a great job of that. And Mike's working with us on our dog being a little aggressive and being too mouthy. And that's the first thing Mike had us do is start with resource control. Yeah. The commands are easy and wait. Okay. And, And the one thing about me is I'm not big on you have to use a particular word okay as long as you and your wife and your kids use a word I don't care what the word is I I can make the word pineapple sherbet mean sit if I have enough cookies okay (laughs) Um, I think it's important though that when you start with the hand feeding the first two commands that we teach are easy which is take food nice don't bite the hand that feeds and I think the second one that we teach after we've got a good easy gentle or nice command is wait where the dog can start having some impulse control to where if I hold the treat up and I go wait, the dog will wait patiently and I can then hand them the treat or offer the treat. Um, When you really get down to the problem behaviors, almost all of them have to do with impulse control. Um, You know, the dog is not really misbehaving. The dog is living their life off the idea of I see, I want, I run. Hmm. And if we get them just to slow down, and be a little bit more patient, usually a lot of these problem behaviors tend to go to the wayside. So yeah, easy and wait are always the first two that we teach. Fantastic. My kids are the same way. They, they live on the same premise. So. <laughs> you know, it's ironic you say that. The modern research on intelligence of dogs that is being done all over the place in the United States is that the intelligence of an adult dog, not a puppy, not an asshole, adolescent, but an adult dog is that of a preverbal toddler. So it's really funny how comparable working with a two-year-old and working with a dog are. 
Uh, it's a lot of redirection. It's a lot of don't touch that, take this, give me that, do this. You know, it's it's all about redirection. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. We have a two-year-old at home. And, mm-hmm. uh, it can be challenging at times, but it's consistency like you teach. Yep. And it's, um, you know, showering them with, with love when they do the right thing. Yep. And, in fact, you know, people will ask me, what what is my warranty statement in dog training? And it's very simple. You have two choices. You can be consistently frequent or you can be frequently consistent. It's your choice, but you have to do one or the other, which is a sneaky way of just saying if you don't practice, you're not going to get the results you like. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. So you um, – Give me an example of hand feeding. Do you just like fill up your hand? Do you do one or two at a time? What do you recommend? So the idea here is to kind of kill two birds with one stone. I know as a dog trainer, you have to feed the dog usually two times a day, sometimes once a day. Um, I want you to pick those two times a day and I want you to hand feed the dog. Mm -hmm. Well, the hand feeding does a lot to work paying attention. It does a lot to calm the dog down. But we can be sneaky. I have 10 games that we play while we hand feed. So not only are we getting the benefits of hand feeding, we're also getting the benefits of setting 10 little routines around the house. And it's everything from, you know, the basic stuff. Let's teach sit. Let's teach down. Let's teach a good watch me. You know, let's talk about what a release word and a positive mark are. But on the flip side, we need to teach the dog how to go in and outdoors. Mm-hmm. Patiently. I don't care if the dog goes first or you go first. That's not important. It's just as long as there is a routine. Let's say the dog is allowed on couches. I think it's really important that the owner teach the commands on the couch, off the couch, so you can start shaping behavior and say, okay, look, you jumped up on the couch without permission. You need to get off. You need to sit. You need to wait. One, two, three, four, five. Okay, get back up on the couch. If I do that routine over a long period of time, that dog will start walking up, sitting and staring at you requesting permission to get on the couch, and you can choose whether to have your dog on the couch or not on the couch. Now, I will say there's a little caveat to that that little trick with the couch or beds, as far as that goes, is that only works when the human's around. Mm-hmm. If you leave your dog out and you think that the dog's not going to be on the couch, they're going to be on the couch. This, this not being on the couch without permission is only if there's a human involved in the equation. Right. Um, we'll also... Play games like go find it and come here where you throw a piece of dog food across the room and then you invite the dog to come back and you start working on recall mm-hmm. and get the dog to sit and we can do a collar grab and we can give the treat so that we're working on recall and the dog is used to having their collar grabbed and a you know treat being involved. I think that one's really important because a lot of dog bites across America are when a stranger grabs a dog's collar, the dog will redirect. Well, mm-hmm. if we've taught the dog from early on, that the collar grab equals food, well, the dog doesn't mind having the collar grabbed. Mm-hmm. And that game is a perfect segue into, like, uh, cradle and massage is what I call it. But we need to really focus on the dog's feet, tails, toes, ears, um, the teeth, um, where we can say, okay, let me play with your paw, you get a piece of food. Let me look at your teeth, you get a piece of food. Let me look in your ear, you get a piece of food. Let me play with your paws and your tail, you get a piece of food. Um, I'll be honest, you get really good at that game, and your groomer and your vet love you. I was just because, say that. you know, and you know from a grooming standpoint, when a dog has not been taught, you know, that touch is okay mm-hmm. and manipulation is okay, it's really hard to groom or examine a dog from a groomer or a vet standpoint. Yep, we see that all the time. People come in and they've never, you know, messed around their mouth or their face or their ears, and it, it takes so much longer for our groomers to do their work. Yep.
Yep. And it stresses out the dog. It does. And if the dog is stressed out, then it's going to be, and once again, if they're not having fun, you're not having fun. If you're not having fun, you're not practicing. Mm-hmm. So just get them used to. One of the one of my favorite sayings is if you can make crazy normal, then your dog is pretty much bulletproof because they're used to everything. Okay, so explain that a little <clears throat> more. So just so, you know, life. Well, yeah. So like one of the phrases I always use is the living room dog where people will do a ton of work inside the four walls of their house and they got really reasonable to good, you know, control of their dog. But the minute they walk out the front door, the dog becomes a blithering idiot because they've never bothered to practice in the front yard. Right. Or they've never really practiced the backyard from a control standpoint. It's just running around and playing. Mm -hmm. So for me, most training starts inside the house. Then we have to be able to do the same skills in the backyard. Then we have to be able to do the same skills in the driveway. Then we'll go to the sidewalk. Then we'll move to a walk. And it's hilarious how many people will grab a dog immediately throw a leash and try to go for a walk and the dog just pulls and tugs or lays on the ground and they start practicing all of these behaviors you don't want it's almost like with a kid going here's a calculus homework before we've ever discussed please excuse my dear aunt sally you know the order of operations so for me it's really important to kind of take it from the least distracting environment and move up to the most distracting environment and even for me when i'm working with somebody once we have a walk Mm -hmm. then i start bringing my dogs so that i can add distractions to the walk once we've got distractions on the walk in the neighborhood we head head to a busy city park Mm -hmm. so there's stuff going on and if we continue past that it's usually a place in public like a home depot or a lowe's or PetSmart or a petco or someplace like that and we'll do some in public but if you've got a dog who can be well-behaved and polite at PetSmart, they're going to be fine inside the four walls of your house. They're probably going to be good on a walk. It's just sometimes we don't build up to these distractions. We just throw the dog in the distraction and hope it works. Right. And for me, if you have to put the word hope at the beginning of a sentence, you're probably doing it wrong. <laughs> That's right. Now, you, you mentioned uh, feeding um, the uh, food as, you know, hand feeding. Absolutely. Do you recommend that over treats? Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, the big thing is if if you're going to use something special, treats, inside the four walls of your house, you have to stop and ask yourself, what are you going to use outside the house? Mm-hmm. Because there is definitely a rate of return for the dog or, you know, exchange rate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're expecting your dog to give up um, a dead squirrel on a walk, with a piece of dog food, probably not going to happen. <laughs> but if we've already used liver treats in the house, what are we going to use when we head out into the world? Mm-hmm. Um, and as you know, with your your stuff with dog food, um, a good quality dog food is a lot healthier for your dog than buying high-end treats that might be high in calorie, high in fat, high in stuff you can't even pronounce. Mm -hmm. Um, I think most dogs should basically work for dog food. Now, as you add a new distracting environment, we might very well add, a lot of times I'll take a cup of dog food and cut up and dice a hot dog Mm -hmm. and mix it in with the dog food. It smells really good. It smells really good, and I'm randomizing the rewards. So sometimes I'm getting something really special. Sometimes I'm just getting a piece of dog food. So I better pay attention because this might be my chance at a hot dog. Mm, that's um, you know, but yeah, for the most part, I think dog food's your best bet, and that also your dog doesn't start looking like a sausage chip. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, well, 
I love what you, what you said in one of your blogs also that, um, like you mentioned before too, this takes consistency. The more you give, the more you get with this. Yep. One, you know, the tagline for my business is I train owners, not dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of dog trainers. I think you get into the dog training business because they maybe don't like humans so much and they love dogs. Um, it's easy for us to train a dog. Mm-hmm. If it was easy for you to train a dog, you wouldn't be hiring me. So my job is to make training a dog easy for you. Right. Um, and the only way get, getting good at training is going to happen is if you practice. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter what you do for a living, you went through a period where you didn't think about stuff. And all my, my job as a dog trainer is to get you to quit thinking about training and just do it naturally. Mm-hmm. And once it becomes natural, dog training is one of the easiest things in the world. It really is not that complicated. It's the reason I call my business Keep It Simple Stupid. Well, that's great. Well, there it is. There's a timer, guys. That's been 12, 12 minutes. 12 minutes. We're done. Yeah. So I think it's important to uh, point out that anytime you want, if I can figure out how to turn off my alarm, um, if you've got more questions, you can get hold of me at Kiss Dog Training. If you've got questions about dog food or nutrition, you can get hold of Emery with it Nature Select. Yeah. Um, we're always available and, uh, we'll put our links in the podcast to where that'll be easier. We're just getting started. Um, we'll, we'll get more professional as we go. <laughs> well, I think you did great. Thank you so much. And Mike's written many, many books. So if you guys are interested in, the, in his eBooks, you can find those on, uh, kissdogtraining.com. Uh, it's under, I believe the about tab. I should probably know that more specifically, <laughs> but it's, it's one of the tabs on the website. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. It's been a pleasure and we look forward to our next one. Absolutely. See you guys.